0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ.
1: Here's Billy Lambert. I want you to imagine something. You go to town one day and you see a little crowd down the street. You wonder what's going on down there. You're afraid something bad may have happened. You get there. And there's a man standing there, has a pad in his hand, and he's talking to people. And he stops you, and he says, could, could, you, you have time for me to just ask you a question. And, and he says, could, could you tell me why you believe what you believe about God in the Bible? And you say, well, you know, I've never thought about it. I've never been asked that question before. I've really never thought about it. But you know, I suppose I should be able to. You know all of us should be able to give an answer. In 1 Peter 3.15, Peter said we ought to be able to give an answer to every man. And we're following that theme on getting to know your Bible, being able to give an answer to every man. We hope you'll stay tuned today as we continue along that line, giving an answer for what we believe. I'm Billy Lambert, and I'm speaker on Getting to Know Your Bible, and I want to welcome you today, especially if this is the first time you've ever seen the program. And if you, it is, I want you to tell someone else about it. Tell them to tune in at the same time next time we're on. Now, today, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. I emphasize free. You say, now, preacher, you know it's not free. It'll have to cost somebody something. Well, it's not going to cost you anything except enough of your time to let us know to send it to you. That you might know more about the course and how to receive it. We're going to pause for just a moment.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible. P.O. Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.
1: In First John chapter 5 and verse 7, we read these words. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. You you know, everything that God wants us to know has been revealed in the Bible. As a matter of fact, in 2 Peter 1 and verse 3, Peter said, God's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16, Paul said, "All, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished, or completely furnished unto all good works. Everything God wants us to know, he's revealed it. By everything God wants us to know about himself, he's revealed. Everything about Jesus has been revealed. Everything about Satan has been revealed. The soul of man has been revealed. Everything He wants us to know about our soul, He's revealed it in the Bible. Everything about heaven and hell, He's revealed in the Bible. Everything about the church and salvation, He's revealed it. But He's also everything He wants us to know about the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Now, there are just some things God doesn't want us to know. You, you say, well, how do you know? Because He didn't reveal it to us. If he had wanted us to know certain things, he would have revealed it. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the works of his law. So the things that God wants us to know have been revealed. The things that He doesn't want us to know have not been revealed to us. Now granted there are things about the Holy Spirit that God has not revealed. But but there's not a single thing God has revealed about the Holy Spirit that I don't want to know. I want to know everything there is to know about the Holy Spirit. That is, that God has revealed in His Word. Now, now this subject is sometimes neglected, sometimes even misunderstood. And maybe there are reasons for all of that, and maybe one reason is because some people assume that it's not necessary to know much about the Holy Spirit. Or maybe another reason that, that it's neglected and misunderstood is because so some, things, some think you can learn all you need to know about the Holy Spirit without studying. Maybe through some subjective experience. They, they say, well, you know, the Lord spoke to me, and the Lord said thus and so. Or the Spirit moved me to do thus and so. But, but that's not revealed to you in the Bible. Oh, no, no. Then some say, well, we can know about the Holy Spirit, and what we can know about the Holy Spirit. Uh, but you can't learn it unless you study the Bible. And so what does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? First of all, we learn that the Holy Spirit is a real personality. I don't know what your concept of the Holy Spirit is, but the Holy Spirit is not some glorified it. It's not something that's mystical. It's not something that's that's unreal. Now, as a member of the Godhead, The Holy Spirit is co-eternal with God the Father and Christ the Son. God the Father is eternal in His nature. As a matter of fact, in Psalms chapter 90, verses 1 and 2, it is said that He's from everlasting to everlasting. There's, There's no beginning, there's no end. You might as well look for the cradle and the Tomb of God has to to try to find the beginning and the end because you can't find it. Christ is spoken of in the Bible as being eternal in nature. In Micah chapter 5 and 2 says that His goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. John 1 and 1 says in the beginning was the Word, and that Word, of course, is Jesus. He's always been co-eternal with God. In John 8, 58, Jesus said before Abraham was, that is existed, I am, I existed. He was eternal in nature. Well, someone says, well, is the Holy Spirit eternal? Absolutely. The Holy Spirit is eternal in nature just like God is, God the Father and and Christ the Son, or some say, God the Son, because Jesus Christ is a member of the Godhead. In Hebrews chapter 9 and 14, the Bible says, How much more then shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Well, how did he refer to the Holy Spirit? He said the eternal spirit, who through the eternal spirit, the Holy Spirit is eternal in nature. Now, as a member of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit was involved in the material creation. Now, God the Father planned that creation. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3 reads like this, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. God the Father created everything. He planned that creation. And in Genesis 1 and 1, the Bible says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And that involved the entire Godhead. Christ executed the plan. Listen to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 beginning, going down to verse number 3. God who had sundry times and in diverse manners, spake unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also, listen to it, he made the worlds. Jesus was involved in the creation. God planned it. Jesus executed the plan. But now what role did the Holy Spirit play in the material creation. The Holy Spirit perfected the plan. Genesis 1 and 2 tells us that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. In Job 26 in verse 13, the Bible reads like this, By His Spirit He hath garnished the heavens. His hand hath formed the crooked serpent. It was the Holy Spirit that garnished the heavens. In Psalms 104, verse 30, Thou sendest forth thy spirit, they're created, and thou renewest the face of the earth. The first work of the Holy Spirit was to move upon the face of the waters and to bring light into the world. And the six days of creation were more or less days of organization by the Spirit. The earth without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. There actually was not a universe, an organized universe, until the Holy Spirit acted. So God planned it. Christ executed the plan. The Holy Spirit perfected the plan in a material creation. But note this, as a member of the Godhead, The Holy Spirit was involved in the spiritual creation. Now, God the Father planned the spiritual creation. You say, well, Brother Lambert, what do you mean by the spiritual creation? He planned a way whereby men could be saved from their sins. Let me read to you from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 3, beginning, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. God chose us before the foundation of the world. But that's conditional choosing. It is conditioned on our choosing him. It's not unconditional choosing. God did not say, well, I'm going to save this man. I'm not going to save that man. I'm going to save this woman, but I'm not going to save that woman. I choose this one. I don't choose that one. I choose this one. I don't choose that one. God's choosing is in keeping with His will. When I make up my mind that I'm going to accept Jesus Christ as being the Savior of the world, that is, I believe that with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and I see Jesus is the way through which God planned that my sins could be forgiven, and I accept that plan, I obey that plan, then I have the benefit of that plan which is the sins of my soul being washed away in the blood of Jesus. I'm among his chosen ones, but I chose to be one of those ones. You see, God doesn't take away our free moral agency. God God doesn't take away our ability to make decisions. We're not robots in the hands of God. And about the only thing that that I'm in charge of in my life is my will. I didn't choose where to be born. I didn't choose the color of my hair. I didn't choose the color of my eyes. I didn't choose the color of my skin. I didn't choose who my parents would be. I had absolutely nothing to do with that. But, but I can choose what I do with my life. I can choose whether or not to obey God or not. I can choose whether to go, I want to go to heaven or not. I can choose... And God made me with the ability to do that. Jesus Christ is referred to in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 8 as the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And from the foundation of the world, God had a plan whereby He wanted to save all mankind if men would surrender to His will. As a matter of fact, look in the book of Ephesians again, this time the third chapter. Verses 10 and 11, to the intent that now under the principalities and powers and heavenly places might be made known unto the church, made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. According, listen to it now, according to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God had an eternal purpose. That eternal purpose was to save mankind. There's not a person God wants lost. First Timothy 2 four says that God would have all men to be saved come to a knowledge of the truth. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 says, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God doesn't want anyone to be lost. Some will be lost, and they'll be lost because they reject the Son of God. In John 5 and 40, Jesus said, You would not come unto me that you might have life. Now, the Holy Spirit was involved in this spiritual creation. But God planned that creation. And today we can have our sins forgiven because of the plan of God. It's referred to as his eternal purpose. And and then Christ was, was involved in this. He executed the plan of God. In John chapter 6, in verse 38, Jesus said, For I came down from heaven. Oh, Jesus, why did you come down from heaven? Not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Well, why did he send you? To seek and save the lost, Luke 19, verse 10. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1:15 tells us why Jesus came into this world. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though we was rich yet for your sakes, he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. Jesus was rich in that he was with God in heaven, but he divested himself of all of the glories of heaven, and he came down to this world of sin, suffering, and sorrow, and lived a life of poverty and rejection among men. Why? that you and I might have the eternal riches of God. Oh, how we ought to be so grateful and so thankful to our God for that. The Holy Spirit was involved in this plan of salvation. He perfected the plan by revealing the plan. Listen to John chapter 16 and verse number 13. Howbeit, when he The Spirit of Truth is come. Now keep in mind who he's addressing in John chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17. He's addressing his disciples. He's addressing the men he was going to give a commission to go all into all the world and preach the gospel. He's addressing the men who would write down what we have today as the Bible. But they didn't have it. They were making it in those days. So he said, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, that's the Holy Spirit, he, that is the Holy Spirit, shall guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he heareth, that shall he speak. The Holy Spirit perfected the plan by revealing all truth. Truth to the world. Someone says, well, I've often wondered if we have all the truth today. If we have all of the Bible today. Do we have everything that God wants us to know today? Jesus said that the Holy Spirit was going to reveal all truth to the world. He would not speak of himself. But he said, whatsoever he heareth, that shall he speak. Now, in John chapter 14 and verse number 26, J- Jesus Christ said that then when the Holy Spirit who is the helper would come, and that he would bring to your remembrance the things that you have heard, you see, they would, have, they would not have the ability to remember everything about the life of Jesus Christ. They would not have the ability to bring all of that recall back instantly. But the Holy Spirit would bring it back to them. And they would then be able to reveal the truth about Jesus. You know, it was our Lord who said that you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. And indeed it will, won't it? And so the Holy Spirit revealed all truth to the world. Someone says, well, you know, I- I've heard that that there are other books that are on a par with the Bible. Is that true, Brother Lambert? Well, well I've heard that too. I- I've heard that some have what they call other books in addition to or besides the Bible. There are those that are written books thinking they would replace the Bible. There are those that are written books that are so supposedly additions to the Bible. Now here's what I, I, I believe about that. Let me tell you what I believe. If man writes a book, that has in that book, everything that's already in the Bible, that book's unnecessary, isn't it? Because you already have that in the Bible. And and so it, it, it contains too much. And if a man writes a book, regardless of who he is or who he claims to be, and it contains less than is in the Bible, doesn't contain nearly enough you see everything God wants us to know has been revealed to us by the Holy Spirit we don't need so called latter day revelations we just don't need them folks Somebody says, well, an angel. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Let me read to you from the Apostle Paul who wrote the book of Galatians by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Let me read to you verse 8 and verse 9. Though we, that's the apostles, are an angel from heaven, speak any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached, let him be accursed. As I said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than which we are preaching to you, let him be accursed. Paul repeated it twice. That's kind of like my mother used to do. She didn't think once was enough when she was talking to me. She had to say it twice because she was afraid I didn't get it the first time. Paul wanted these people to understand that when the Holy Spirit reveals something, accept that and no other. That's why I believe the Bible is, is the Word of God. And that's why I believe that we need to accept the Bible and not inspired, so-called inspired revelations that men have penned or alleged they have found on plates somewhere or discovered somewhere and the like all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And by the last time the last inspired man died which some think would have been around 90 AD all religious truth had been revealed to the world. You see, we have the Bible inspired by the Holy Spirit. Oh, there's so many other things the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Let, let me just mention one or two of those things. I believe the Holy Spirit strengthens us, Ephesians six eighteen, And I believe the Bible strengthens us as well, 1 Peter 2 and verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. I don't know of anything that is said the Holy Spirit will do for us that the Bible won't do for us, save one. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27 teach beyond a shadow of a doubt that in our prayer life, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us before the throne of God. Have you ever had a time in your life that Maybe a dark time, a heavy time, a deep time in your life. You're going through the valley of the shadow. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe there have been reverses in your life, gone through a divorce, all kinds of things that happen in our lives. And you don't know what to do, and you try to pray. But it just seems so hard to find the words to say. According to Romans, chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, the Holy Spirit intercedes with us for us with groanings. It cannot be uttered. Now, I'd hasten to say that that's what the Holy Spirit does for us, not to us, but for us. The Holy Spirit's not going to knock you down on the ground and have you rolling around on the ground. But the Holy Spirit is involved in our daily lives. I've had times in my life when I didn't know what to say, when a child died, and I told my wife we were going to pray. And I, and as the hardest prayer ever prayed in my life, but I believe that's when the Holy Spirit went to the throne of God in an intercessory way on our behalf. Folks, the Holy Spirit's real. The Holy Spirit is real. It is a member of the Godhead. There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And those three are one. The Bible teaches that become a Christian You must believe in Jesus with all your heart. Repent of your every sin. Confess your faith in Christ. Be baptized into Christ for the remission of those sins. Acts 2.38 If you've never become a Christian, I'd urge you to become one as soon as possible. And right now, pick up the telephone. Call for the free Bible correspondence course. Do that today. And also, I want to urge you to visit the Church of Christ in your community where you can meet people that believe the Bible, believe in the Godhead, believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world and want to help you in any way they possibly can. May God bless you. And until we meet again, the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer.
0: Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ.